You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Snippets of Genius podcast. I'm your hostess, Caroline Kay, and this week I am delighted to introduce to you the world's greatest mobile vet that ever hit the London scene. Tony, welcome to the show. That was quite an introduction. Thanks very much. I'll pay you for that later. (laughs) (laughs) I'm more than happy. As long as it's the kind of beer or wine, they're my favorite kinds of payment. Liquid refreshment will be on its way to you. (laughs) Glad to hear it. So Tony, tell us and our listeners how you ended up getting into the world of mobile veterinary. Well, I was in the Hebrides for a year. So I was working in Stornoway for a year, which I'd like to add is probably the happiest working year of my life. I absolutely loved it there. The people, they were excellent. And it's like storing away is a long way from anywhere, really. It's hard to get to. And I was sort of in a traveling stint, I guess. And I wanted to kind of see some more of the world. So I decided I was going to go work in a foreign country, basically. And I had licenses to work in Sweden, Norway and Australia. So I got a call from a job I applied for in Australia. And I just got a, a feeling that it was the one for me. So... I trotted off to Victoria to a practice just north of Melbourne, did mixed animal work and a lot of, I suppose, wildlife work as well. And at that time, the practice was owned by someone who had had quite a severe injury involving a horse kicking him. Yeah, he was lucky. He was lucky to survive. So they needed someone. And I, I guess... The practice happened to be called at the time was called Tony's practice, which was an incidental thing. But I suppose I just in my naivety thought these were all signs. (laughs) (laughs) So ended up in Australia and I was very happy there, too. So, again, lots of absolutely lovely people. And it was one of the nurses I was working with that said that the other Tony who'd been badly injured would be much better off. And would be much happier if he just went back to the old school way where he used to do a lot of large animal work and he just drive to the, the horses and the cattle and stuff like that and just work out of his truck. And she just sort of, in passing, I think we were loading up the Jeep with meds and stuff, and she just sort of, in passing, said he would be much better off going back to doing that. And that was the start of my thought process on the mobile veterinary. That's how it started. I can remember the moment. Brilliant. So you're all the way out in the middle of quite literally the end of the world nowhere. And that's sort of giving you the idea that maybe you could have your own. And then you've decided to take the leap. And so what about then getting yourself set up? If you could sort of go back and give yourself some words of wisdom now, is there anything you wouldn't do again? Or what did you think you set up in the right way? Well, you get loads of people saying well-intentioned things like where you could advertise and things like that. I would probably not advertise in a ladies magazine ever again (laughs) (laughs) did you which magazine did you choose it was called the lady it's like a chelsea and kensington kind of thing yeah that was a learning experience because (laughs) someone i knew suggested i do that and with hindsight it probably wasn't the best move because it was a chunk it was a chunk of dough (laughs) that i didn't really have (laughs) yeah those early days is sort of where you spend your money 
Yeah, I could save someone a lot of money avoiding all these little pitfalls. But it was weird. So I had one call off the back of that advert and it was a, literally a crazy cat lady from nowhere near London who wanted me to go rescue cats in Wales with her. Oh, and, no. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> like she did sound absolutely mental. And I, I kind of, I was there being polite on the phone. I was like, oh, I didn't know what to say to her, but I think she wanted to go into like some local forestry and start catching cats and all this kind of madness and I was oh my goodness oh that's frightening for that yeah and she was (laughs) she was deadly serious but that was literally the only call that got oh I saw your ad in in the magazine and that was it that was the very start you know that was just before I kind of went for it all in and yeah that was so tell us a bit about going for it going all in what did that involve how did you get yourself set up I guess the first thing to do is you need to form a veterinary practice and you need to be able to license everything and order drugs you know because you know you have to get meds and things to be able to operate you have to have an appropriate vehicle you know there's certain things you have to have in the car like fridges and safes and things like that goodness Um, so did you have to research all of this or did you know from the work that you did before well no like kind of i had a vague idea what would because from large animal work that i'd done previously you know some of the things you might need in your car but yeah there's a lot of reading of I suppose you've got to read, you've got to look into it yourself and find a lot of information out yourself. So it's not rocket science or anything like that to kind of do the reading. It's just time, time involved, yeah. I guess. How long did it take you? I probably spent like the guts of maybe three weeks just sort of getting everything set up, you know, pretty much not doing a lot. Of, I probably had a couple of locums in that time. But when I was committed, I was I was spending a lot of time thinking about the things I was going to need and trying to. Yeah. figure out how much stock I needed to carry and what have you and if I buy this is am I going to use it was this all with your advert in the, the Chelsea lady. magazine or, or did you yeah. have other sort of activity happening in the background to help you get out there and find your first clients well what I did as well I, I you know printed off whatever I can't even remember like 3,000 business cards and spent quite a few days if not weeks trudging around London to various dog groomers pet food shops barbers anyone at all that I could pass I would drop in cards to and have a chat and try to get my name out there a wee bit and strangely enough like that was probably way more I suppose in terms of experience probably way more of a learning curve than anything else I did because you get to meet people and that was a start to talking to people for myself for my business Um, and that's a form of you know I suppose advertising in itself you know pressing the flesh and all the rest of it Oh, and you use that horrible to... expression, pressing <laughs> the flesh. <laughs> so, so American how, right now. When did you get your first client? How did that happen? What, it must have been a great feeling when they came through the door. Yeah, it was. Well, it was It was a local dog groomer. I gave them my cards and then they gave my number to two of their clients. And then they got in touch that week. And one of them I'm still I'm still seeing relatively frequently, which is lovely. He's very old, though. I'm not sure the the dog, not the owner. I'm not sure how long he's. I'm not sure how long he's going to be about. Oh no! Yeah, oh, it's weird. I've kept him alive all year, and now it's. Well, I'd say it's coming. We won't be far away from having to put him to sleep. I'd say. Oh, but I saw that on your website. That obviously one of the main services that you offer is that sort of end of life care, and obviously that really difficult time in any owner's yeah. life. It's a big part of what I do. Yeah, it's something I. I feel it's I suppose it's one of the more important things that I might do because I feel if if you can do it well and you can consider the owner's 
take on everything and their wishes and try and accommodate them and try and make the whole process as peaceful as possible I think is the is the big thing it's very very difficult time but people really appreciate it when it when it's done with care and um, affection I guess and that's one of the things I would say people genuinely do seem to it's not something you want to ever ever mess up you know it's something that's oh, very gosh, important no. to people yeah so it's, it's a big part it's not a it's not the main thing I do but I would say it's it's a fairly consistent feature of my weeks how has your business grown so it started with the scary cat lady hopefully that didn't go any further sounds like it didn't and then obviously getting some referrals has it grown with referrals or have you found other routes to market to help you well yeah well you you can get online that was that was something that I had to do early as well I would say word of mouth is quite important you know as you start building your reputation or you start seeing more and more people in various different parts of London that was helpful and you know the, the the whole thing I found at the start there was like the fear that it wasn't going to work lasted yeah. for yeah a good few months because it was like it, I was my revenue was way down my work activity levels were way down and you're still just having to stick to the plan don't go back locoming you have to stick this out you know and yeah, like yeah. as it grew it, it grew month on month I would say initially it was a, like tiny incremental and it was like okay you you get through this month do another month do another month and then it started to sort of you could see like the embers were starting to glow a little bit and I was thinking this actually might start working and it did it started getting a little bit busier here and there phones started getting a bit busier more emails coming through my website that kind of thing the fear is always there but it started to kind of get more and more consistent I guess and so how did you manage yourself to get through that fear what what tools did you have to sort of just keep you on track and follow the course well I guess guess it was just self-discipline I you know it was knowing that it was going to be like this I think I didn't I didn't fool myself at the start didn't expect it to take off and I kind of had this in my head that nothing ventured nothing gained and I knew I was going to give it like six months a year anyway regardless and Mm -hmm. I just I guess I couldn't have kept it going at the rate it was at the very start. But as it started to get a little bit uh, more productive, I just kept myself, I suppose, telling myself it was going to be okay. Basically lied to myself for a couple of months (laughs) (laughs) because I didn't know it was going to be okay. I just wanted to believe it. But seriously, I guess I just sort of I was just disciplined. I just sort of felt it will just give it time, give it more time, hope that it will improve that, you know, keep putting out business cards, keep meeting people keep talking to people but I don't think anyone realized the the pressure I put myself under you know it wasn't horrendous pressure but it was certainly you know sink or swim and I think you have to be kind of that hungry at the beginning to know that it's got to work it's going to work and obviously backing yourself which is what you did but I think it sounds like you did have some tools in there such as monitoring and tracking how much you were growing seeing that incremental growth did you do sort of quite rigorous tracking with that or yeah well I process I had a, so I had a, a little card reader machine and I was keeping a, a journal of, well, the card reader was doing it automatically for me via the app. So I knew I was keeping a tally anyway. And I knew yeah. what I was spending through the drug companies and the crematorium. I was going there and all these other places I was spending money. So I had a rough idea what I was doing. And I guess I just knew then, I suppose after maybe six months, I knew kind of what I was going to have to do to break even. And, you know, I was sort of, at that kind of six month stage, I was thinking I I will probably be able to stay afloat for the whole year if it, unless right. it drops off completely. So I just knew okay. 
I was going to have to, if I got to the six month mark and it did another six months kind of similar to what I'd done in the first six months, I should be okay. Brilliant. Well, that's great to start to have your financial runway and see how far you can take it and what that looks like. I suppose it'd be really interesting to hear from you kind of a challenging moment, you know, where you maybe thought, okay, I'm starting to see it's all working. It's, it's starting to move forward. Did you hit any sort of set of roadblocks or anything that surprised you or a sort of moment where you thought, okay, that was a curveball I wasn't expecting? I did try and uh, I got, well, cold called or whatever by a advertising agency and that was something that I took a punt on as well, you know, trying to control your how you're searched for and things like that. And that, okay. again, made absolutely no difference to me personally oh. that time around. So that was another bit of money spent that I ended up having to knock on the head. So, yeah, there was those little things. And I'm sure there's more to come. Oh, I have no doubt. All those well wishes and people wanting to give you the best advice, but maybe haven't walked your path before, can yeah. sometimes take you down a slippery slope for sure. Yeah. Bit, great to hear, you know, that going back to that story at the beginning, did you always want to be an entrepreneur? Do you always want to set up your own business? Or was it something that just evolved the back of your mind? Maybe I should do that. How did how did that process go for you? Well, everyone thinks vets make a fortune. And I know they don't as a general rule, <laughs> believe me. But I guess as an employee in a veterinary practice, it's never, ever, ever going to be lucrative. Like you start on very low wages, like 19, 20 grand when I qualified was sort of standard to get going. And like from there, if you stay in as the employee, it's very hard to kind of get out of that cycle of incremental pay increases. So I guess I, for various reasons, lifestyle and personal reasons I knew I couldn't stay as an employee hence why I went locuming and when I started locuming I guess it's it's more hassle for you you know you gotta use more admin and that but it's you get to choose your time and where you want to go and what you want to do and all that that independence sort of eventually took me all over took me to store away in a way it took me to Australia I guess it opened all those doors for me as well and it by degrees I guess the locuming led into the mobile veterinary because I wanted that independence and I wanted to do my own thing and I wanted to sort of be my own boss probably within two years of qualifying so this is back kind of I suppose 2010 or so 2011 I knew this that this employee set up working you know 18 hours a day doing a one in two one in three on call wasn't for me you know it just it just wasn't something that I was going to want to do for the rest of my life. And again, in veterinary, even the, the dropout rate is quite high. You know, they, people burn out and they don't want to stay as employees. I think it just it just gets too much for them. And I knew you have friends who've done this as well. They just they just don't want to stay in the profession. And I just didn't want to go. I didn't want to spend 10 years figuring that out. And I guess that's where I, the culmination to this point anyway has been the, the mobile veterinary and just being my own my own boss and my own brand when you went into that moment where you had the idea in Australia how long did it take you to put that into action you talked about sort of the research that you did and kind of okay I'm gonna get this going when did you launch your business so I launched the business like probably about 15 months ago so it would have been middle end of 2019 I think would have been when it really started getting as a serious thought in my mind but the run-up to that I mean Australia that when the nurse mentioned working out of your car probably started 2014 and then the end of 2019 so you're talking like five years getting on for it before I actually fully committed to it 
So can you remember the moment you thought, right, that's it, I'm doing it? Yeah, it was probably, I think it was probably the spring of 2019. I was like, I'm not doing this for another year. I just knew that was it. So I then started like researching it and starting to kind of really think about how to get on with this and then printed off some cards, started doing a bit of that on the side, but it was still going low coming. And then I think August of that year was the last week I did full time locoming. I just I just went, that's it, I'm done. And I told the practice, that's it, I'm not doing any more. And weirdly, I got a notice, the flat I was in at the time, the same day I left that job, I got told that I had that the old owners of the flat were coming back and I had to move out. So it all happened in one day. So I moved that, I moved flat, left the job and started the business all in the same spell. <laughs> Oh my gosh, they're like the three most stressful things you can do, moving house, leaving yeah. your job. Wow. <laughs> well, there you go. And it was, it was, again, it was almost like, you know, just like a sign or something. It was just like, here you go, you know, you, you and that then that, you know, there was, they wanted me to go back to that job and trying to resist that. You know, I was, I was just sort of in that mode of that, that mindset where I was just, I was just sure that the time was right to just go for it, give it a go. I just didn't know how long that was going to take. It was sort of virgin territory for me. I, and that was that was in itself, I suppose. Part of me is thinking no one else has thought of this that I know to do it anyway. So that's either I'm really stupid or no one else is, <laughs> <laughs> is trying to move forward with their career in that in this direction. I just had a feeling it was for me. It was like that. I just and I knew I didn't want to go back to what I was doing. Oh, well, good for you, Tony. I'm so pleased that you persevered and held the course. And I'd love to know what one piece of advice you would give to anybody starting their own business now. I think you need to have a plan of attack. You need to have some rough general rules as well, things that you're going to you're going to find acceptable. You know, there's like how much are you willing to spend to set up your business? How long are you willing to wait before things start moving? And then I guess it depends on what you're doing, but what you would consider a survivable amount of revenue to generate, you know, what's going to be good enough to get by. And that's something realistically, unless you've got some serious product or what have you, I think it's something that realistically most people are going to have to endure at the start. It's going to steal your mind a little bit because if you go into it thinking, right, I've got my website, I've got a limited company, I've got an accountant, whatever the case may be, and then the phone's not ringing or there's no footfall, it's like, oh, that wasn't meant to happen. I mean, that's to me, it would seem logical. That it's going to be tough, very, very tough at the start. And if you could go back and give yourself some advice to your younger self starting up your business, what advice would you give yourself? I'd probably suggest maybe doing it earlier would be something <laughs> I would say. Do Why did you wait so long? Because I think people stay in jobs longer than they probably wanted to or should have but just committing to moving forward in your career or trying to find yourself a little bit more happiness. Because, you know, if you're not happy in your job, it's hard to do it well or to enjoy it. And also trying to make enough free time for yourself. You know, that's, mm -hmm. again, one of the downsides to being an employee in a vet practice. There's when you are not working or off, you're just so tired, you end up not doing a whole lot. So I think like making space for yourself to enjoy your life. I think it's one of the big reasons so many vets drop out. They they're stuck in jobs they don't like and they don't see an alternative. And so is that what you would say success means to you, having that work-life balance? Absolutely, yeah. I think success, it's not, it won't be financial because I've had some, some times where 
I've looked at, you know, my week and I thought that was a good week, but it gives me no great satisfaction. It's never monetary. I always say to people, you know, it's never the things that make me happy don't seem to be related to money. I think it's more just having the time and the the space to do things that I want to do outside of work and the freedom to to be my own boss and make my own decisions. That's the upside, oh. I think. Well done you, Tony, for taking the leap and brilliant to have you on the show today telling us a little bit about your journey. I'll make sure to share where we can find you and your mobile vet services in the show notes. So look out for brilliant. those. <laughs> Thanks and so brilliant much. To have it's you been on. awesome. Loved it. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Tony. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Snippets of Genius. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help other people to find it too, I would really appreciate you taking a moment to rate or leave a review. And if you know someone who wants to start their own business, why not share it with them? And to find out more about how I help people start and scale their business, visit www.carolinek.co. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.